0: The ancient tradition of keeping Sabbath needs redemption not for its own sake, but for the sake of a people caught in the excesses of our always-on society. In this sermon delivered on August 26, 2007, Richard Helmer reflects on a story of Jesus healing on the Sabbath, reminding us that nothing less than our spiritual well-being and the health of creation is at stake. In the name of the God of Sabbath, Amen. So since the reading comes up only once every three years, and this is probably the last time in my life I'll be able to say this with any seriousness, I wanted to quote Jeremiah today and say, Oh Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a boy. <laughs> It used to be said that if one sat in a cafe in Paris long enough, the entire world would walk by. Now, having ever been in Paris myself, I couldn't say if that were true, but sitting yesterday for a bit over an hour at Pete's here in Mill Valley, I could almost translate the saying to our town the incredible parade of people in and out of the door, shoppers, walkers, the studious, the workers, the conversers, the readers. Meanwhile, a steady stream of vehicles rolled past, busy as any street in San Francisco, was our beloved Throckmorton. Conversation around me was rather interesting to listen to. So what wireless service do you use, someone said. The response was, I don't think that's any of your business. (laughs) Or the conversation turned to hedge funds or shopping lists or work or the vagaries of the stock market, as we have all seen it these past few weeks. And of course, every other passerby going past those big picture windows had a cell phone stuck to his or her ear, Even a walk on a beautiful late summer afternoon might be wasted time if there were a friend or a loved one or a co-worker who needed talking to. Quite frankly, it was astonishing even for me, and I am the perennial frenetic and sometimes obsessive worker, Astonishing for me to sit still in the middle of all this hustle and bustle and activity, and on a Saturday, no less. During the normal work week, much of this business is exported to the city nearby or wherever many of us work, while, of course, our children and grandchildren are kept on the move in school or at home frequently by beleaguered parents who keep the household up and running. We are the always-on culture. Even when we're off, we're on. We are altogether busier than a hive of bees, convinced of our own need to be more productive and more efficient with the short time that we have been given. We are possessed by a sea of choices of goods and services, the clamor of news, music, television, the internet, the iPod, between a river of resources we consume as a matter of course, and a tenuous creation straining under the load. We are sometimes made blind to the simplicity that so many of our ancestors took for granted. So just speaking about this tempts me to stand up and shout, stop, if only for a moment have we forgotten the healing effects of a sound of the wind in the trees, the smell of fresh air, the passing warmth of a fleeting summer, or the moisture of the fog on our faces, Have we lost, as a collective community, the ability to be utterly silent, wordless, both in lips and mind, before our God? So at a time when well over 40 members of all ages of our congregation are preparing to gather together on a retreat entitled, Keeping Sabbath, and in a place and an age where Sabbath is more considered a luxury than a requirement Well, we get this gospel reading today. It is vintage Luke, beautifully and vividly written. At the center is a crippled woman, bent over with the weight of years, and perhaps Luke intended us to note her symbolic posture, heavily burdened with what is depicted as a draconian application of religious tradition the leader of the synagogue who challenges Jesus for healing on the Sabbath seems to be completely out of touch with the needs right in front of him. And as he does elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus reminds all who will hear him that the Sabbath is not an end unto itself. It is meant for us and our relationship with God and one another. Today's gospel, in this sense, is a classic tale of legalism versus grace, easily inviting us to embrace the temptation to demonize Jesus' opponents, even worse, a religious tradition that cannot be divorced from our heritage as Christians. But to condemn them and walk away is, quite frankly, to condemn ourselves where we are as good as any society throughout history and trying to enforce rectitude through legislation, be it a bill moving through government or a careful compromise on canonical provisions for our church or a policy even in our own community here at Church of Our Savior that will just make everything crystal clear. Now, don't get me wrong. We probably need rules in many places and good ones at that but the word good begs the question, doesn't it? How do we know what serves us best and serves God and what doesn't? The question of today's gospel is about Sabbath. Our desperate need today as a community to recover it from the seemingly endless parade of sports and practices and gadgets and the ever-increasing demands of work and the sea of noise, incessant noise. The need for Sabbath will not be served simply by bringing back the strictures of the now abandoned and somewhat romantically remembered blue light laws, nor by deliberately depressing a frenetic economic engine upon so much our livelihood depends. Because, of course, healthy spirituality cannot be legislated or economically engineered. It must be cultivated, beginning within our own hearts and in our own unique lives and relationships. Perhaps most of all through a determined and joint effort with friends and families to say no at regular intervals to all the distractions from the gift of simple being life itself, given to us moment by moment by a God who wants almost desperately to love us out of all that robs us of well-being. Our deacon Betsy, with her sermon last week, left us with the image of a tired runner finding remarkable pleasure in the cool, clear, refreshing water of a mountain stream. That is the image of Sabbath as it should be, a flowing current of refreshment and not once or twice a year for the well-planned vacation, but the careful, deliberate, regular rhythms that our spiritual ancestors cherish not only for themselves, but for their work and the earth as well of our need to till deep into the resources that cannot be purchased or marketed or packaged, the resources of our hearts, our breath and relationships, of engaging our faith as do Jesus and his disciples and the community gathered in synagogue and then responding with humble silence and quietude for a time of simply being present in a moment that intersects with God's eternal moment where we simply are where we simply are without being defined by a million tugs and pulls at our tender existence and in fact the restoring of a sense of Sabbath is the beginning of restoring justice for ourselves and all who walk with us Indeed, Joan Chittister put it this way. The rabbis taught that the purpose of Sabbath was threefold. The first purpose of Sabbath, the rabbis said, was to free the poor as well as the rich for at least one day a week. And that included the animals, too. Nobody had to take an order from anybody on the Sabbath. Try that at Pete's. The second purpose of Sabbath, the rabbis teach, is to give people time to evaluate their work as God evaluated the work of creation to see if their work, too, is really life-giving. And finally, the purpose of Sabbath leisure was to give people space to contemplate the real meaning of life. If anything has brought the modern world to the brink of destruction, it must surely be the loss of Sabbath. Jesus, in a way that would affirm the best of the Jewish tradition, refuses to let Sabbath be anything less than attentive and renewing. For the burdened and harassed people, Jesus stands up to the powers that will co-opt and collapse Sabbath into a hollow shell of tradition, a habit rather than a true practice, an enforceable dictum rather than a life-giving discipline. The woman bent over and crippled epitomizes the tired lives of her people overwrought with enforced traditions that seem devoid of meaning. The great irony is that Sabbath, Jesus tells all who will listen and to their great shame has lost its purpose and meaning if it is only to be inflicted and enforced. It is also ironic for us that we too can be this woman, not crippled by an overzealous enforcement of Sabbath, but out of a lack of true Sabbath altogether. The call of Christ is to move beyond the hollow shells of our consumer driven culture, our insatiable appetite for things rather than life, our obsession with performance and productivity rather than simple being. We are called back to the substance of who we are as humans, to be restored like this woman, made whole and upright as created reflections of the divine lovingly connected as we were made to be with creation and each other, just as God's greatest joy is connected at the most intimate level with all that is. Phyllis Tickle has said, in the beginning of Judeo-Christian religion, there have been a number of ways of creating those little interruptions in normal life those places where we can engage the mystery, those places of harmony and integration. A good Jew 2,000 years ago would have known that one of the ways of interrupting life and meeting with the spiritual was the Sabbath. We used to keep the Sabbath. We used to set it aside and say, here is a time, here is an interruption in one of the dimensions that informs life in which we will stop and we will honor the Spirit of God. We would honor the time before that consumption and the hours after that consumption by an interruption of all other habits. We would hallow the time around that event, the Eucharist or the Mass or the Communion. That's what the Sabbath was, and it had built around it time and place. Our challenge this day as a community is to hold this time and this place, this sacred now, despite all the forces that seek to encroach on it, eroding our time together to celebrate what we have been given and what we have given in return. And even to find a bit of rest for the sake of all the human family and the good news of God in Christ. Sabbath, after all, is not ultimately about law or keeping it, but it is about compassion. Compassion for the needs of our bodies and minds to rest, compassion for our loved ones and neighbors. Compassion for all the creatures of God and their renewal. Compassion for the sea, the land, and the air, that they may also find rest and refreshment. And time for radical identification with and for the God of compassion, who revels in all that has been made, and calls it good. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at oursaviourmv.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R M-V for Mill Valley Org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.